0: Welcome to the Alabama Literacy Networks podcast, which is designed to share information and best practices for literacy. We hope to bring a wide variety of resources together to help school leaders, teachers, and parents so that all children read at high levels. We believe that literacy is a fundamental right that is tied to so many positive outcomes that we want for citizens. This podcast was brought to you by Bright Spot Ed, LLC, an educational consulting company based in Alabama. Providing consulting, professional learning, evaluation services, and resources, our goal is to highlight the good and replicate it across education. Check us out at brightspoted.com. I'm your host, Shelly Bill Smith. Today, we will be talking to my beautiful and talented young friend, Harper Howard. Harper is a 15-year-old sophomore, a member of the varsity cheerleading squad, varsity track team, school ambassador, key club F. CA member and an A honor roll student. Harper has many former titles and currently holds the title of Miss Hamilton's Outstanding Teen 2022. Her platform, Peace of Mind, focuses on anxiety and mental wellness. Her platform hopes to remove the stigma of mental illnesses and encourage teenagers to talk and seek treatment, knowing that they are not alone. Welcome, Harper. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. So we heard a little bit uh, of your bio, but what else can you tell us about yourself?
1: Well, my name is Harper Howard. I'm in the 10th grade. I love to tumble, hang out with friends and family, participate in community service and cuddle with my dog
0: Coco. Oh, so cute. <laughs> so as part of the Miss America program, you have a platform that you advocate for, and yours is about removing the stigma around mental health to help others. How did you arrive on this topic, and why is it important to you? In
1: fourth grade, I had my first anxiety attack, and I had no clue what was going on in my mind. I felt sick to my stomach. I had sweaty palms. My breath started to speed up, and after it happened, I just went on with my life. But then it started to happen more frequently, and it got to a point where my anxiety caused me physical pain. It got so bad that I finally went to the doctor, they ran some tests on me, and they diagnosed me with anxiety. I realized that I had no clue about anxiety until I reached the sixth grade, and I didn't get help until five years later. I realized I didn't want anyone to feel this way, and I wanted them to be heard and seen. Ben said teenagers feel silenced and shamed because of the stigma around mental health. And that's how I got to my platform, Peace of Mind, focusing on anxiety
0: and mental illness. So you've lived this. I have. And are still living it. Yes, I'm
1: currently dealing with it still.
0: So I want to give the audience a little bit of background. I've known your family since before you were born, and I actually came to the hospital the day you were born because we were (laughs) all so excited to meet you. Your parents are both teachers. Your dad is actually an English teacher and a school librarian. They're both very well educated. You've grown up in schools with advantages that a lot of kids don't have. If we were to describe an ideal world for a child to learn to read in, you had it but something was different. Tell me what you remember about learning to read. I
1: actually do not remember learning to read, but while I was growing up, I remember it was difficult to remember how to spell words for test, or I would think about how to say words, but they didn't come out the way I wanted them to.
0: Yeah, and that's something that a lot of times people don't even know is part of dyslexia. I mean, dyslexia is a language processing Issue. And so it can manifest itself in saying words. I remember testing uh, a student one time for dyslexia, and his parents said, You know, he just says things. So instead of saying trash can, he says can trash. And so a lot of times people don't even recognize that as part of dyslexia.
1: Yes, I struggle with that a lot.
0: I know. And you do a lot of public speaking now. And so I know that it actually is something that is going through your head is when you're talking to get those words right.
1: Yes, it might be difficult, but I've gotten a lot of practice over the years. So I've come to a point where I'm getting better at it as time goes on.
0: Wonderful. So fast forward a little bit to elementary school, you continued to struggle. What happened then?
1: Well, my parents were concerned because they realized something was wrong and they took me to the Scottish Rights Center to be tested. And if I'm going to be completely honest, I had no clue what was going on. I just just remember going through some random tests and nobody kind of told me what I was being tested for. They just told me to be truthful. And no one told me anything was wrong, but I knew I was different from the other
0: students. I remember talking to your mom before you went and got tested and the amount of time that you and she were spending at home studying and just doing things that other kids had, you know, no trouble remembering or learning. You were spending such a huge amount of time on.
1: Yes, to me, it was normal. But then as I got older, I realized that it wasn't normal to spend more than a few hours studying.
0: Yeah, that's actually not normal. So <laughs> looking back, we now know so much more than we did when you were in kindergarten and in first grade. And I would like to think that we could catch your dyslexia earlier if we were to, to travel back in time. What difference do you think that would have made in your life?
1: I really don't think it would make much of a difference. I didn't start struggling or I didn't realize I started struggling until I reached the second grade. And that was when I kind of realized that I was different, but I don't really remember kindergarten or first grade or my primary school years because I don't think that, although I learned the basics of learning and I learned my alphabet, how to write words, how to say words, I don't think it really contributed to that.
0: So fast forward, you came to the school where I was principal and you were tested and diagnosed with dyslexia. What did that diagnosis change for you as a person and as a student?
1: It was a complicated process. I was tested and I was told I had dyslexia but nothing really changed. I didn't have or get any accommodations because my parents decided against it. So I didn't get to go to other classrooms. I didn't get extra time. And I was kind of
0: on my own. And so you and I have spoken about that uh, numerous times. And I know your parents' uh, motivations to do that were absolutely good. But, you know, that's something that you've kind of spoken out on is, you know, you wish that they had done that for you.
1: Yes, I did wish. Although like looking back on it, I did do fine without it. As I got older, I realized I struggled more and more. And so I wish they would have chosen a 504 plan for me
0: for the future, at least. Right. So tell us about now in school. How do you cope and, and how do you see the dyslexia in school now?
1: Well, as a person, it made me realize that I'm different in a good way, and it's the thing that makes me unique. And as a student, I realized I must work harder and find different ways to study. I've coped by putting my schoolwork before anything and just finding ways that help me overcome my dyslexia.
0: I know that you've had many teachers who have been incredibly helpful uh, in that process.
1: Yes, I've had some amazing teachers who really tried to sit down with me and discuss my dyslexia even though I didn't have a 504 plan and they tried to help me with my dyslexia.
0: Well, it's so easy to help students when they're trying so hard and I know that that characterizes you and, and your efforts in school. I've been thinking about the connection between your anxiety and your dyslexia and I wonder When you started realizing that you were having panic attacks, was it tied to the difficulty you had in school, especially with reading and learning?
1: Well, I definitely could see it. During tests is when I would see my anxiety jump. And when having to read, in front of the whole class with like popcorn reading where a teacher would just call on you randomly. That brought my anxiety up so much because of my dyslexia. I couldn't say words the way I wanted them to. And I didn't want to be made fun of by the other kids for being different.
0: Yeah. And just knowing that it took you longer sometimes to process what was being said, that that's stressful in and of itself, that you're having to process the difference in in the extra work that you're doing.
1: Yes, it was definitely difficult because I would try to go at the speed that normal students would do, but my mind just didn't work that way.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. So what do people, teachers especially, not see when you are sitting in that classroom? And what do you wish that they knew?
1: I want them to realize that although I do not have accommodations, I still struggle. And that it's helpful if they try to work on it with me and talk through my dyslexia instead of just... Saying, oh, well, you don't have a plan or you don't have accommodations. So you don't need any extra help than these other kids who might have a 504 plan.
0: Right. Talk to me about this look that you've perfected when you're in a class. I've I've heard you talk about that.
1: Yes. So I basically have this look that I have perfected since I was maybe in the fifth grade. And it's a look where I look like I understand it and I can probably tell you about it and tell you that I understand it. I can walk you through it. But five minutes later, I will definitely forget on how to do it. And I will have to go home to look up and research ways to make sure that it gets into my mind and to make sure that I remember how to do the steps.
0: Yeah. And so I think back on so many students that I had who I looked out and thought they had it and and I see so many of them in in that description and so when you shared that with me it it really resonated with me as as a teacher
1: yes although I don't think some teachers really realize that and I understand that for some teachers that upsets them But what they need to realize is as a student, it's very difficult to explain how you're struggling to a teacher sometimes, and sometimes they don't completely get it.
0: Well, and it's pretty embarrassing, or it can be, to feel like people are looking at you that you haven't gotten what was being said or understood what was going on, and and you don't want to be the only one who didn't understand something. So that, that can be very intimidating for people.
1: Yes. I've grown up to realize that I am that kid who asks questions a million times in class just to make sure I understand it. And although I get weird looks, I really have decided that I don't mind it because it's more important to me that I understand something instead of just looking like I don't understand it anymore.
0: Well, if it helps any, I think the smarter you are, the more questions you ask. So (laughs) One of the things that you and I spoke about recently was the need for accommodations in school for students with dyslexia. And there's this misconception that students have to be failing or in danger of failing to be eligible for a 504 plan. What would accommodations such as extra time or technology do to help you?
1: It would help calm my anxiety down and having extra time and being in a classroom with no directions would help me focus. My mind likes to wonder. I will be taking a test and I will hear a sound and my mind will go to that sound and then I just forget what I am doing and my mind goes completely blank. It's happened many times during tests.
0: So we know that there's certainly things that could help you. I'm wondering about your ability now to advocate for others because you have this platform now. I know that you read to elementary school classes. Would you ever be willing to talk to those? classes of students about being dyslexic or having anxiety?
1: Well, I do talk to primary school kids and elementary school kids about having anxiety. I bring kid books, and one of my favorite books is A Little Spot of Anxiety, and it basically gives them a physical demonstration on how to cool down their anxiety and how to let go of their stress, and I haven't really thought about talking about my dyslexia. But I think that's something that I will definitely do in the future, because I know that if I would have had someone who came to me and told me that they struggled with what I had, it would definitely help me realize that it was a part of life and that I wasn't different in a bad way, but in a good way and that I can move forward and be successful even with dyslexia.
0: Absolutely. And I'm just trying to remember when it was you haven't been talking about being dyslexic Uh, Very long. It was, what, January when you first publicly talked about it?
1: It was. It was kind of scary, I'll be honest. I was a little nervous because I've never really been asked about my dyslexia because it's something that I've hid for a long time that not a lot of people knew about me. And it was definitely an interesting experience because I loved it so much to be able to help someone or some teachers realize that people can have a 4.0 but still be struggling with dyslexia.
0: Absolutely. So tell us what people can do to support your work around mental health. Well, you can follow my platform page, which is peace underscore
1: of underscore mind underscore 2022. It's very difficult, but there it is. It's on Instagram.
0: I will put it on Twitter and Facebook when uh, I send the podcast out so people can follow you. And I know that you have uh, tips and tricks and uh, events that you do around mental health. So I encourage everyone to find out because we have really in this country realized that there is a, a mental health crisis of epic proportions. And so we all need to be increasingly aware of the issues that exist and how we can help people.
1: Yes, absolutely. One in five teenagers actually deal with a mental illness and a third of them deal with anxiety. So if we could put more education in schools and if we could get rid of the stigma around mental health, that is something that I believe would be huge in the mental health kind of section of life.
0: Yeah. And You know, from my perspective, if we can get better interventions earlier for our dyslexic students, that decreases their anxiety and increases their success. And so I am all about it. Harper, thank you so much for being with me today. I appreciate so much what you're doing for people as an advocate for mental health and dyslexia.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a joy to talk to you. And I just want to thank you so much for helping me through my life with my education.
0: Well, you are a delight to help. Join us again for the next episode of the Alabama Literacy Networks podcast.